This episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by Hub City Comedy. Don't miss comedian Hannibal Burris at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg on Friday, October the 19th, 2018. Show starts at 8 p.m. Hattiesburg Sanger, right here in the Hub City. It's the night before homecoming, so come in town a little early, check out some comedy. You may have seen Hannibal uh, in the movie Spider-Man, Neighbors, Tag, Daddy's Home, he said specials on Comedy Central. He said specials on Netflix. You've seen him on just about all of the late night TV shows, the Eric Andre show, the Broad City on Comedy Central. The list goes on and on. So check out Hannibal. Don't miss the show. Google him. Make sure he's your speed of comedy before you come out. But that's Friday, October the 19th. Hannibal Burris at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg the night before homecoming. We'll see you there. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Juice, baby. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I am your host, Jamie... Errington, here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. You can check us out on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Go to my website, jamieerrington.net slash to the top talk. It has links to all of those and more. All right, so last week... If you listen to the episode, we said that our listens were going to plummet. And guess what? They did just the opposite. Last week's episode was the most listened to episode of To The Top Talk of all time. I can't explain it. I can't figure you guys out. I don't know what happened. I think some of us uh, just like to wallow in our own misery. And <laughs> it's, you know, you, you want to know answers and and hopefully we'll get some of those this week against the Rice Owls. Um, we recorded that episode the day before that it was announced that our game against Appalachian State was going to be postponed. And today it came out that the game against Appalachian State is canceled. Or Appalachian State, Appalachian, App State, ASU, the Mountaineers in the western hills of North Carolina. Uh, it was announced today that the game will not be rescheduled. Uh, I saw some chatter on Twitter about us possibly moving the game to 2024. Uh, but here's a thought. Let's just play in the New Orleans Bowl. Let's settle it that way. That's fine with me. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hopefully we, we won't need a sixth win and we'll be bowl eligible. Uh, some other news this week. Uh, it was announced that uh, Quadre Griggs was reinstated into school, returning to the football team. Remember, that suspension that happened in August was a university decision. It was appealed. There was an emergency hearing. And here we are, Quadre back on the team. No idea about what kind of shape he's in or what kind of football shape he's in. But I know he has been practicing, and I would expect him to get some snaps at some point soon. I would imagine right now Jack Abraham's still a starter. Um I know one of the big issues they had last year was accuracy, and uh, Jack's accuracy has been pretty solid through the first two games, but he did have 
what, four turnovers last game? I know two interceptions and a fumble, maybe two fumbles. I don't know. He had a lot of turnovers, and that's something that Quadre was really good at last year was hanging on to the ball. Um, so we'll see what happens moving forward. But but glad that he was cleared of whatever happened, and I'm glad he's back on the team. He always seemed like a good guy to me, and, uh, you know, I liked watching him play. So we'll see what happens. Um, so we get a player back, and then we lose another player to Roderick Daniels, the running back out of Bassfield, announced today via Twitter that he is going to um, redshirt. He's going to use this as a redshirt year, I guess, with the new four-game redshirt rule where you can use a redshirt if you don't play in any more than four games. He's played in two, so he's going to finish out the semester and then transfer elsewhere to complete his career. Um, if you've listened to the show before, you know I've been a big fan of his. The, he had quite an interesting life. He's got two kids right now, you know, and I'm sure he feels like this is the best decision for him. Uh, that being said, you also have to imagine that there's going to be some of the youth that we have at running back are probably going to be getting, getting a shot sometime soon. Uh, I believe I saw where Tez has been a little banged up. I'm not sure what his status is for this weekend, but I know after the last game, a lot of people were clamoring to see um, Steven Anderson, Stevie Sweetfeet, <laughs> and uh, Sugar Trey Mosley, uh, Tervinsky Mosley uh, with the ball because they seem like they've got a lot of potential and bring two totally different styles to the running game that defenses have to prepare for. I'm sure we will see them in some capacity this weekend against the Rice Owls. Other news, not really Southern Miss related, but kind of walk-ons. The sports bar slash restaurant out of Louisiana opened their Hattiesburg location this week. I haven't been to it yet. I was supposed to go Saturday, but did not make it out. Um, but I've seen pictures, and they have some pretty cool, like a pretty cool, cool like Southern Miss picture mural on the wall they have some saint stuff but a lot of southern miss stuff so i'm curious to see what that's about i'll i've eaten there from time to time in new orleans like before a pelicans game and uh just another addition to the hub city you got plenty of options plenty of places to eat now with the midtowner uh well the midtown project and everywhere else is popping up so when you come into town to come to a game you will not be without eating options that is for sure also it was announced this week that our game against the auburn tigers which is taking place on saturday september the 29th next weekend is going to air on the sec network at 3 p.m they didn't announce the tv times or the the kickoff times for those games until this week but that will be taking place next week 3 p.m kickoff for the Golden Eagles, for those of you who will be watching or going to the game, I'm assuming everybody will be keeping up if you are listening to this podcast, unless you're a Rice fan. So that brings us to our guest today. I'm turning bump loose, turning Jason loose today. He's handling the interview this week. We've got a guest that covers the Rice Owls for a site he calls The Roost. It's at theroost.com. Please welcome Jason and our guest today, Matthew Bartlett. Here with Matthew Bartlett, director and managing editor at theroost.com. You can follow them on Twitter at at theroost.com. That is a whole bunch of ats. I can't believe I made it through that, Matthew. I believe in you. <laughs> Smart people in Mississippi, am I right? Yeah, man, yeah. Um, thanks for coming on the show. There's a lot that I want to talk with you about. 
Um, and we're going to get to the football game coming up this weekend, of course. Um, but first of all, I was just kind of just curious about you in general. Like, how did you get into covering rice? Yeah, so I am a, a local Houstonian. I've been here basically my entire life. Um, and I uh, just kind of noticed an opportunity, went around and living out around here, and I started looking for stuff and trying to figure out why aren't people talking about rice? They're right around local to us. And so I did some digging and started talking with people and uh, got to know Mike Bloomgren, the new head coach, and a couple folks on staff and just realized that there's a really interesting story that's happening on South Main right now, and there's a lot of momentum. And so I just wanted to jump in and, and partner with what was going on there. And so far, it's it's been a wild ride, and it's uh, getting more and more exciting every day, I think. We uh, we always love uh, playing Rice, uh, if I can speak for USM fan base. Um, it's always a classy <laughs> group. I mean, seriously, you know, there's a lot of people that I wouldn't say that about, but it's always a classy group of individuals, classy group of fans, and really love having them in the conference, you know, more so for baseball. Um, and here in recent years, we're kind of in the same boat as far as baseball goes, um, although we're on a little bit of a resurgence the last few years going to a couple bowls. Um, but um, I, was, I was wondering exactly – Maybe like what's Rice's perception of Southern Miss? You know, I think there's a there's a lot of ambiguity in general, and I think that just goes along with where we both have been in Conference USA for uh, the past several years. Neither of us has really been a heavyweight, so to speak, and neither of us, well, with the exception of Rice having a, a tough year last season, has been at the bottom of the barrel. We've both been teams that across a lot of sports have, have had their moments and had really good teams uh, and have had kind of their down years. So just kind of hanging around the middle. So I think for the most part, we kind of view y'all as, as counterparts to a degree. It will be up and y'all be up or we'll be down. You'll be down vice versa. Right, right. Talk a little bit about I know we're going to get into football, believe me, but talk a little bit about baseball. I mean, you can't have an interview with anybody involved with Rice and not talk about baseball, specifically the transition to the new head coach. You know, Wayne Graham was there for, I honestly don't know how many years, like a hundred. Um, and uh, I think that's too few, <laughs> but you know, a wildly respected head coach, uh, not only in the conference, but nationwide, I guess worldwide, maybe. Um, and now he's gone. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that transition's going? Yeah, and I, I think it's kind of been met with, with mixed emotions. Like you said, Wayne Graham, not just at Rice for, for, for college baseball, is one of the most recognizable names in the sport. And I think as uh, athletic director Joe Colgard has come in and kind of done some, uh, some uh, what's the right word, just kind of revamping and putting an extra focus across the board on all the athletic programs, it's kind of uh, we're entering in, into a new season at Rice, and uh, it just got to a point where there was uh, new opportunities out there for Rice, and, you know, we wish Wayne the best. We have nothing but respect for him, but we're really excited about Matt Braga coming in from Tennessee Tech and what he was able to accomplish um, and just the uh, the culture and the energy that he's bringing to campus, and I don't think I've had a conversation or seen him when he was not smiling and, and upbeat um, and excited, and I think that's just kind of the momentum and and uh, intensity and, and environment Rice is trying to create across the board. So what Matt's done even in the spring uh, to get this baseball team ready has, has been exciting. And, you know, I, I'm right there with you. I, I can't wait for us to get back on the diamond and start playing ball. Uh, but football first. Yeah. Um, got a lot of exciting things going there um, as well. Absolutely. 
And, and Wayne Graham, I mean, I've heard that after baseball season, he just goes straight to Hawaii, everything. I mean, every year. What do you think that Wayne's doing right now? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> if if I were him, Hawaii sounds pretty nice, but uh, I don't know if he can stay out of baseball for that long. I guess we'll see. No doubt. No doubt. Well, uh, as far as, okay, getting to the football, um, Sutter Miss last year, I made a few notes about last year's game, and a lot of the guys that did well for us are gone and on to the uh, NFL. Um, Sutter Miss won the game 43-34 to last year. If I'm not mistaken, that makes three in a row. The USM has won over Rice and tying it up 4-4 to all time. Um, we had a guy named Edo Smith run for 150 yards, two TDs, and Corey Robertson. He was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edo's doing good things. <laughs> Finally got to play yesterday with the Falcons and um or Sunday and uh it looked really good. Made a couple highlight reels. So, uh, but with Edo and then Corey Robertson making a couple TD catches, um, you know that was kind of the difference I thought in the game in a really evenly matched game last year. Um, you guys are led by Smalls at QB, Ellerby, uh, at running back with 153 yards and four TDs. Are both those guys gone? Both those guys um, uh, are in a different capacity. Smalls has since transferred. Ellerby is back, but he's actually been uh, nursing an injury all fall, and this should be the first game we have him back this season. Okay. And you guys started off with uh, Prairie View, and in a game that, honestly, I thought was a little bit closer than I would have thought, you beat Prairie View 31-28, to uh, and then you had a couple losses in a row to Houston, which you gave them fits, as I recall, and then a loss to mm-hmm. Hawaii. Did you go to that Hawaii game? I did not. I was up at 3 a.m. covering it stateside. Oh, I got you. I got you. It was a late kick. <laughs> that's, that's cool, man. Um, well, talk a little bit about those first three games, if you don't mind, as far as just starting off with Prairie View and, just, and, um, and then just kind of maybe what went right and wrong in the other two games. So I think... Uh, when evaluating Rice's season, it, it's more than just wins and losses that, that tell the story. And I know that from a national perspective, people look at Rice and, and they're going to see X's and O's and box scores. But what, what Rice is putting onto the field is, is a different product and a different culture. And I think you've seen that in the first three games that the Owls have played so far. The Prairie View game literally came down to a game-winning fourth-quarter drive and a last-second field goal as time expired, um, which is not how you, you draw up uh, beating Prairie View necessarily. Uh, but it showed a lot of resilience. There were moments in the past where down by nine points in the fourth quarter that this team might not have bounced back and battled back. But that was just a test and, and approving of the culture that – even if they get down, um, they're going to fight back. And that's kind of what you saw when they took on Houston the next week. They punched in a, they put him in the Cougars into a, a, a tough spot where they were trailing at halftime in a game that they were supposed to win by several touchdowns. Um, so they ended up pulling away, um, both in that instance and the Hawaii game, but there wasn't really a moment in the fourth quarter of either of those games that people didn't think not only is there a small chance that Rice might win this, but Rice is in the game, and Rice has just as good a chance to win as either of these teams. And that's the biggest story about Rice so far this year is, so far, the results haven't been at, at the level that, that fans would want. I mean, they want to be 3-0, and undefeated, national champions, but the process is working, and we see that because we know that if we get one or two more bounces, Rice is 2-1, and 3-0. 
And if you keep doing that often enough, then you start pulling up a couple wins, you go to bowl games, and then you can get to where ultimately Mike Bloomberg's trying to get to. Now that Houston game was at Rice, right? That's right. How was that? Like? What was that like? You know, we've had uh, we had Mississippi State in town a few years ago, and you know the the tailgating just just is is just on a whole different level. Um, the uh, you know even purchasing tickets, you got to make sure you get them early if you don't have season tickets. What was that Houston game like? Just being a crosstown rival. I mean, it's it's always really special because a lot of these players, you know, grow up going to high school with each other and they know each other really well. And then it's a lot of the same with the fan base. We got a very local group with, you know, some folks coming in from out of state, but it's a, it's a lot of native Houstonians. And, uh, you know, Houston's had the upper hand for a while now. So being able to give them a scare early, I think that just uh, brought the rivalry aspect a little back into it. So there was a lot of red, there was a lot of blue. And uh, with it being right around the first week of classes, there was just a lot of excitement. And I think it was a good showcase uh, of what this program could be. It was Houston's first game and Rice's first game with with students back on on campus and going to school. So it was a just kind of a natural kicking off point uh, to the Mike Bloomberg era. And it was it was really fun. Uh, wish it would have turned out more favorably. But I, I think everybody was excited and and looking forward to playing Houston again next year. What was the uh, what was the crowd like that day? Did you, did you guys set an attendance record? What, what was the attendance? I know that you guys playing on just a monster of a stadium. What was the attendance that day? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know if I have it right in front of me. I think we're sitting somewhere around probably like 25,000, something like that. Yeah. All in. I don't have the number off the top of my head, but there was it was a good amount of group. We had uh, a lot of blue in the stands, and that was nice to see. Perfect. You know, in, we uh, Southern Miss had a lot of fans at our first game. We played Jackson State um, just from right up the road in Jackson, Mississippi, Um the first game and and right around thirty thousand, which our place seats thirty eight, so it was more or less full. Just the top corners kind of empty. Uh, the next game, uh, not so much. We played Louisiana Monroe. Could not have had any better weather or anything, and uh, we had right around twenty thousand. So, you know, and I, I and honestly, I would think that playing Houston for you guys, it would have been a little bit higher than twenty five thousand. But that seems to be a uh, just an ongoing trend in college football. That crowds are kind of dwindling. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, in general, because you can get a nice seat at the game, but people don't want to pay for a ten dollar beer when they can get a uh, six pack at the house for that much. Yeah, so, at least you guys can buy part beer of the at the game. The sport we're <laughs> battling. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you know, sometimes you need it. No doubt. Um, but uh, so anyway, let's get to this game this weekend. Um. Tell me what, or tell the listeners kind of what the strengths of your offense and defense are. Well, Mike Bloomgren came to Rice trying to impose the Stanford mentality at South Main. So that's a lot of running the football. That's a lot of physicality and toughness. That's a lot of tight ends and fullbacks. The first game against Prairie View, there were three or four sets where we lined up and there was not a single wide receiver on the field. So that's a lot different uh, than what Southern Miss will probably see in Conference USA and most folks. That's not kind of the norm in today's, uh, you know, North Texas style, spread them out, go wide and, and chuck the ball a hundred times. So in that, in that sense, it's a change of pace. So the uh, the crown jewel of the offense so far has been Emmanuel Supka at running back. Uh, he's been kind of the bell cow that Bloom Grins lead on. We have a couple other backs in the backfield. Uh, Austin Walters has been tremendous. He's more of a change of pace, kind of pass catching 
shifty guy that we can split out wide. But it's it's kind of all funneled down around the running backs and being able to, uh, as as coach says, pound the rock, control the clock, and play great defense. If they can do that, they consider it a successful outing. So that's kind of where the offense stacks up. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your uh, quarterback, Sean's. It's Sean Stankovich. Am I saying that Stink right? Stankavage. Stankavage. Okay. That's a really hard name. <laughs> you know, um, I, I asked him if he goes by Stank, and he's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. That's probably one of the guys you only asked that question to once. He, he's a pretty chill guy. Yeah. So. Well, cool. Well, I'm looking at his numbers here. 47 of 77 for 546 yards, five TDs, uh, two interceptions. And then the other guy you mentioned, um, Asukpa, Asukpa uh, 358 yards, two TDs. Uh, and then, and then, you know, as well, Walter, 163, 163 yards, two TDs. Those three guys, are they just kind of, are they the what makes the engine go? Yeah, that's where it starts. Uh, I think it, you're going to see Nation Ellerby back in the mix from last year who gave you all some trouble. So he'll be back this week. And then Rice has several options at Austin's Walter, Austin Walter's brother, Aston. Mm-hmm. Uh, is going to be in the mix as well at running back. He picked up a really, really big third down um, early on this season. So they have several options, and they have pretty much great confidence in all of them. So no matter who's ba- who's back there, they're going to be handing the ball off and, and trying to get some yards on the ground. Right. So looking at the tail of the tape here, as far as how both teams stack up, um, Rice sitting at 29 points per game, USM 37 and a half. Points allowed, Rice 38.7, Sutter Miss 14. Uh, total yards, Rice 427 yards to USM 446. That splits up into passing for Rice 226 and rushing 201. USM 316 yards through the air and 130 on the ground, which is a little bit misleading because our running backs have really underperformed so far this year. We actually had one of them. I don't know if you saw, but our number two back, decided to uh, forego this year, go ahead and redshirt, and he'll transfer out at the end of the year. So um, so we've had a little, you know, some of the rumblings. Um, I know you, you, you messaged me a while back about our quarterback, uh, wondering if he was going to be back this year, and he is back now. Um, I still don't think he's going to have the job. Um, but so, yeah, right before the year started, our starting quarterback is uh, suspended indefinitely. And now week three, I guess you would call it, um, you know, our number two back has decided to redshirt. <laughs> so, so we have a little, uh, you know, a little friction <laughs> going on, uh, with us as well. Um, but as far as those numbers go, I mean, a lot of them are pretty, are, are right there together, except for the points allowed per game. Sutter missed at 14 points. Um, is, so thinking about those stats and what you've seen so far on film about Southern Miss and what you guys have at Rice, what do you think the keys to the game are for Rice to be effective versus Southern Miss? Well, I think the start has been been both challenging and good. From what I've seen about Southern Miss is there's a, there's a commitment to the ground game, but uh, regardless of who's back throwing the ball, there's going to be several deep shots, and Rice has played – Houston and Hawaii, two of the better teams in the nation um, that can stretch the field and, and burn you. And so I think that's the point where consistency has been preached. When you look at the points a game allowed a game against Rice, that's kind of been the culprit. And, and, and to the extent there's there's a lot of uh, inconsistencies in the secondary that need to be worked on. Uh, but that's where it starts on the defensive end. 
if Rice can limit those big plays and and take them away, there's been a, a handful through the air this season that have really hurt them. They've had, let's see, nine passing plays, 20 to 29 yards against them, stacking up to almost 20 down the field. If they can stop those and, and take away those chunk plays, they're going to make Southern Miss have to work for it. And uh, the front seven has been excellent for the Owls if they can get into that situation. So that would be the ideal. And if they can get off the field on defense and back on offense, then they can control the clock and, and get in the game script they want to. Absolutely. And, you know, we're kind of in the same boat there. Um, we have, you know, we've got to get some kind of running game going. <laughs> we've, uh, to have that, we thought that that was going to be a strength of our team, uh, going into this year. And, um, and here we are with our starting running backs. I mean, without having the stats right in front of me, I think that our starting duo has produced maybe like 50 yards and 60 yards in game one and two. So, um, a little bit of that ha- might have to do with the offensive line. We're playing a true freshman at center. Um, but he was also a true freshman that won the job. But nevertheless, this kid was playing high school football last year, right? Sure. So anyway, we're, we're kind of going through some growing pains with the offense as well, which is kind of expected when you lose some guys like we lost from last year. Um, let's talk a little bit about Conference USA as a whole. Um, what are your thoughts on the conference right now? Like, like how we stand ranked nationally? I know we have, you know, teams like North Texas are kind of, uh, are kind of showing out right now, but what are your thoughts on the conference as a whole? You know, I think there's a lot of bright spots and there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of teams that are doing a lot of exciting things for, for a conference like Conference USA. It's not going to be the SEC and it's not going to be the Big Ten where you have you know, three or four teams that are reeling off huge wins and, and making national noise. But it, it should be a place where every year with the right coaching and the right talent in place that they can have some teams that threaten and, and knock some people off and get attention. I mean, you saw that with North Texas this weekend, absolutely blasting Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, talking those, uh, yeah, and talking about those, talking about those the attendance we were talking about earlier, did you see any live shots from that game? Oh, I did not. Was it awful? Maybe, maybe half full, and I'm probably giving them too much credit. Ugh. Which just made me smile. Um, yeah, there's a rebuild to be done, which is funny because Chad Morris beat North Texas three times at SMU and uh, couldn't get it done <laughs> at Arkansas. Wow. Um, how good is North Texas? Have you watched them at all? They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the... Uh, the version of the spread offense that they've put into place with Mason Fine is is going to give a lot of people fits because they're they're not just chucking it deep down the field to receivers that run fast, which they have, but they're able to kind of find holes in the defense and exploit them, and and that's what really makes them dangerous. Um, and as far as conference goes, uh, my counterpart now, Jamie, uh. Jamie Arrington, who actually hosts the show, um, we've talked a lot about a more regionally based conference. Um, would you be in favor of a more like, like, for instance, in the old Conference USA? I never get to make the trip to East Carolina, even though they're a rival of ours. But come on, that's half a continent away. Well, now we're kind of in the same boat with UTEP, right? And then, of course, all the you know the schools in Boca and, and Miami. Um, sure. that's just not realistic for fans to be able to make the trip. And it's got to hurt attendance all the way around. Um, I'm not, I'm not 
opposed to the drive to Houston, um, just it's seven hours from Hattiesburg, um, which isn't the end of the world. Interstate the whole way. But well, so, well, I mean, just you're, I was just wondering your thoughts on maybe just getting a more regionally based conference, and if you think that Rice would be involved in a conference with with Southern Miss in it. You know, I think it's going to be interesting how this plays out over the next couple of years. I think for Rice, there's a lot of keeping with the traditional Southwest Conference that fans really like. They like getting to play, uh, you know, Arkansas and Texas A&M and mm-hmm. Texas. And some of the schools around there, I, I think, I don't think anybody would have any, any problems with, with staying local and getting to go to as many games as possible. I think right now it's just interesting getting to mix it up. And maybe this is something that, you know, could be done more in the future of getting to see a lot of different teams. And as Conference USA has evolved over the years, you know, there's, there's been opportunities with people going in and out. Um, but you know, I, I'm not going to say that. Uh, UTEP every year is is on the Owls chart of travel destinations, but Boca Raton might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be, you know, getting out to the East Coast would, would not be frowned upon, I think, for some. I know that going to Hawaii this year and Australia last year were two of the uh, road trips that fans rather enjoyed who were able to make them. Uh, speaking of making some road trips, uh, you know anybody that's making the trip to Hattiesburg this weekend? There's a, a good mix of folks. I think there should be at least a little bit of blue and, blue and gray in the stands. Uh, people are getting pretty excited about what's going on, and uh, with the bye week last week, people are and uh, a long a long road slate for us. I think it's four four weeks in a row without rice football in Houston. So there should be a, a good mix of people coming out. And um, and I'm I'm sure you saw where the Conference USA baseball tournament is again going to be hosted in Biloxi, Mississippi, at uh, MGM Park right there. Were you able to make it down to that last year? Uh, did not hopeful about this year. Anytime there's a baseball tournament going on, it is worth being at. And uh, Mississippi in general has uh, done a great job hosting several conference tournaments. Right, so and and, we, and well, you, and you know the casinos on the coast. Uh, we just uh, became uh, able to. Uh, bet on sports. So most of the casinos on the on the coast have sports books now. Whether you're going to be able to bet on the tournament, I don't know. But if you are, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Rice <laughs> you know. all the way. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Hey, if they're going to do it, I'll, I'll partner with you. Um, so as far as the game this weekend, I got to ask you. I, I don't ever like predicting scores, but I got to ask. You know, I, I want to say it's a 14 point spread right now in favor of Southern Miss. Do you have any prediction on what the score might end up being? Uh, I don't know if I've gotten that far yet to put a number on it, but I think the Rice offense has been a bit more productive than, than people have given them credit for, and I think the defense has been kind of dealt a tough hand with some of the more explosive offenses that are going to be on the schedule. So I think it's going to be a lot closer mm-hmm. than expected. Uh, I mean, 14 points if that's the latest spread. I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Rice won this game outright, and I, I, I certainly think it's it's well within reason. So I, I think a, a close game one way or the other is more likely than a blowout to either side. I would agree 100%. I'd stay away from that spread a million times over. That being said, um, Sutter Miss has a way of just making me look like an idiot. So I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if we lost the game, if we won by 28, or if it's a you know, last-second field goal either way. <laughs> Um, that's how confident I am in what I've seen so far this year. Um, so before I get you out of here, man, um, 
Are there any final thoughts for all the Southern Miss and Rice fans out there that might be going to the game this weekend? Maybe some guys to look out for or um, or anything along those lines? Uh, I think Southern Miss fans are, are going to be pleasantly surprised. I know this team you know, struggled last year and only got the one win, but, but this team is going to be a lot more challenging this year and in the years going forward. So there's some guys, uh, Aaron Cephas on the outside at wide receiver, Yager Bull at tight end uh, in the middle. You you got a, a lot of guys who have made it big strides on defense. You got older guys, Grayson Chance, Dylan Silcox, uh, and at linebacker, and, uh, you know, some, some younger guys, uh, as well that have kind of stepped up and made name for themselves. Treshawn Chamberlain and, and Chamberlain and uh, Antonio Montero. Uh, there's a whole host of guys. The team is uh, has a good mix of some some senior veteran leadership and a lot of young guys. And I think this is going to be a team that Southern Miss is going to want to keep their eye on because I think the trajectory of the program is is rising in such a way that you know this could turn into a little bit of a rivalry. Cool, very cool, man. Um, well, Matthew, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, you guys are listening. Go ahead and follow them at at theroost.com. Even if you're a Southern Miss fan, go ahead and follow it. Uh, we'll be tweeting this out after the episode is up. And, uh, man, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely, Jason. Thanks for your time. That was Matthew Bartlett of The Roost. You can follow him on Twitter at... That's the at symbol, A-T-T-H-E-R-O-O-S-T, at the roost, at the roost.com. Appreciate Jim. Appreciate him coming on the show. All right, so the game this weekend, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles taking on the Rice Owls. That's going to be Saturday, September the 22nd at 6 p.m., and that will air on ESPN+, Plus, which is available on their streaming site, uh, ESPN3, if you have access to that. Uh, there's an ESPN app on Roku, Fire Stick, all that good stuff. You can also watch it on your browser. There's also, also an, a Watch ESPN app on your iPhone, and I'm sure it's on. I don't have a Samsung, but I'm sure it's, it would be on one of those as well. Well, wouldn't it be? I don't know. As of this recording, the Golden Eagles are 14-point favorites. I believe it, the line opened at 14.5, uh, which certainly surprised some of our more cynical fans. <laughs> Here's a crazy stat for you. The Golden Eagles and Rice, 4-4 four and four all time. Hmm. It doesn't seem like that, but I guess it is. I remember when, um, I guess, what was it, 2007? When we had the Thursday night game against Rice and they beat us? I don't know. It was. I think that pretty much sealed the deal for Coach Bauer. But uh, we've won the last three against the Rice Owls. Head coach Jay Hobson, 2-0. Against Rice, they have a new head coach this year, so he has no record against us right now. Mike Bloomgren, he is one and two in his first season at the uh, leading the Rice Owls. I didn't. I watched one of their game. I watched who they play. Houston. I watched their Houston game, and Houston won the game, but Rice gave them fits. And I remember Rice giving us fits last year. We won the game, forty-three to thirty-four. That was on November eleventh. 2017, 11-11. And, you know, Quadre was was the quarterback in that game. We had a solid game, but they put up a lot of yards on, a lot more yards than we were kind of expecting. Let's see. On the day, we had 331 passing yards, 186 rushing yards. 
they had 254 rushing yards and 127 passing yards. I remember they lit up the ground. I think they put in a they put in several different quarterbacks, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Hell, he has one of them registering passes, so I may just be remembering that wrong. But they gave us a little trouble last year, even though we won the game. They they kept it close, and every time we'd score, they'd come back. We'd score again. They'd come back. But, you know, we ended up winning 43-34. to 34, So when all said and done, we got the victory. And I guess in my mind, that's all that matters. <laughs> Golden Eagles sitting at 1-1 one one right now, obviously with the cancellation of the Appalachian State game last week. Let's look at the conference for just a second. Looking at the conference standings, um, there's only a, a handful of teams that are undefeated, really two, Louisiana Tech as well as North Texas. North Texas, you know, last weekend while we were on our unplanned bye week, I watched a couple of like old Southern Miss games, just put them on while I was doing stuff around the house. But I actually did tune in to some of that North Texas Arkansas game. I usually try not to watch um, games that aren't you know conference mates, but North Texas are conference mate. But they lit them up. They lit up Arkansas. They lit Arkansas up to a new level of being lit up, and it was hilarious. And they had a trick play. And if you if you haven't seen that trick play, you have been under a rock all weekend because it went viral. Basically. The so Arkansas punted, and the returner for North Texas he never did the hand signal. But when he caught the ball, he kind of hopped, he kind of did the hop like he was like you know, like he had done it, but he didn't do it. So when the Arkansas guys start walking off, he took off down the sideline and went all going all the way for a touchdown. So that was pretty hilarious. Um, you can find that if you search for North Texas football right now, I'm sure you can find that highlight anywhere. It was a great highlight, and uh. You know, SEC, it just means more. <laughs> uh, also 3-0, and I guess North Texas, UAB's 2-1. We're 1-1, Rice is 1-2. UTSA and UTEP both 0-3. And, and then in the East Division, Charlotte 2-1, FIU 2-1, Marshall 2-0, uh, Florida Atlantic 2-1, Middle 10 1-2. Western Kentucky 0-3, and Old Dominion 0-3 as well. Western Kentucky should have beat Louisville the other night. That was a really close game, but but Western Kentucky, uh, they pretty much, I think they led for most all of the game. Just right there at the end, Louisville came back and, and won it, but Western Kentucky should have had that game. I guess it was kind of like our last game against Louisville in 2012, which I won't delve too much into that one, <laughs> but you get the point. Um, Golden Eagles in the NFL right now. It was announced last week, so the Seattle Seahawks, had a they had an issue where they have a lot of offensive linemen hurt, so they had to cut somebody. They ended up cutting Tom Johnson, uh, the defensive tackle, formerly of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles and uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. Well, today it was uh, kind of hinted that the Vikings were going to sign Tom Johnson. He was not going to be re-signed by the Seahawks. The, the Seahawks' plan was to release him and then sign him back, and the Vikings jumped on it. And so... Tom Johnson actually back with a contender. Seattle looked rough against the Bears the other night. They look, they've looked rough the past two weeks. I really don't see them doing anything. But they cut, they cut Austin Davis, so I have no reason to cheer for them anymore. Ito Smith. So the starter for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Freeman. Devontae Freeman has uh, been injured. He was out. So Ito moves up the depth chart one spot. Second string running back for the Falcons. 
He had nine rushes for 46 yards, one catch for eight yards. He had some pretty shifty moves out there. He didn't really have the best, you know, preseason, best preseason games, but he kind of showed what he could do in this game, the game this past weekend against the Carolina Panthers. So kudos to Ito for that. We're proud. It's tough for all these Saints fans around here to cheer for you, but everybody's cheering for you. They may not cheer for the Falcons, but they're cheering for Ito. Also last week, former Golden Eagle offensive tackle, Chris Clark signed with the Carolina Panthers. So you have literally got a Golden Eagle on every team in the NFC South. So I don't know if we're going to get a Super Bowl ring this year, but we will get a division title if all of these guys stick. Speaking of the NFC South, Tampa Bay Bucks winning again this week, defeating the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. I'd like to think Todd Monken was giving some payback to uh, Doug Peterson after what he did to the Golden Eagles the week before last with his voodoo or whatever he has going on when he came back to uh, Captain UL Monroe. But Todd Monken's offense, my goodness, he is making uh, Fitzmagic look like a superstar. I'm sorry, you know, I've seen some chatter. I mean, it's just fan speak, but you have to wonder if Todd Monken will not be a serious candidate for an NFL head coaching job next season. You have to think he's going to be. Maybe in New Orleans. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> but, um, again, we've got a lot of Saints fans. It's tough to see the Bucks doing what they're doing, but I, I know everybody is proud of uh, Todd Monken and the job he's doing and what took him so long to unleash the beast that is the Todd Monken offense. All right, I think I've blabbered long enough. Let's shut it down. Special thanks to our guest, Matthew Bartlett. You can follow him at, at the Roost. Uh, Jason Bailey, shout out for conducting that interview for us, my man. We will hope be back together next week, I'm sure. You can follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey on Facebook as well. To the top talk and Jamie Arrington comedy. We're on Instagram now as well at to the top talk. So follow us there. We've been getting a lot of feedback on Instagram. It's been great. I've been trying to find like on this day photos. Like uh, earlier this week was the anniversary of when we defeated Alabama in 2000, 21 to nothing. So I shared that photo. It got a lot of run and a lot of uh, comments and whatnot. So, you know, just to kind of just, that happened. That happened when I was in college. I was on the sideline for that game. Anyways, upcoming comedy shows. Friday, October the 19th. That is the night before homecoming here in Hattiesburg. We're taking on USA. Make a weekend out of it. Come into town the night before. Check out Hannibal Burris at the Sanger Theater right here in the Hub City. Tickets on sale now. Still got plenty of tickets left. Um, $45 for lower level balcony seats are $35. It's going to be an amazing show. Be sure you Google him. He's been on everything specials on Netflix. You've seen him in all kinds of movies. One of the funniest things that Hannibal's done recently when he was in Spider-Man last year, um, he had a show booked for the night of the red carpet event. He couldn't make it. So he just hired somebody to play him. He just like sent out a tweet like, Hey, I need somebody. I need to hire an actor. And he hired this guy who really looks nothing like him. But he hired the guy. The guy went through the red carpet as him, and and nobody caught it. It was hilarious. It was on all those like extra and entertainment tonight shows and stuff like that that he pulled it off. But probably more of a publicity stunt than him actually going to the red carpet event would have pulled. So 
if you're interested, come out. It's going to be a great time, a great night. Probably the biggest, one of the biggest comedy shows we've ever had in the Hub City. Although this is his fourth visit here. He's bigger than he's ever been. All right. So next week, we will be recapping the Rice game, previewing the game against the Auburn Tigers. Hopefully, going to have some uh, other information, some other Southern Miss news for you guys as well. We should have a guest coming on in the next few weeks to um, shed some light on a few th- of the great things that have been going on at the university. So be on the lookout for that. Check us out. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Look for To The Top Talk. Subscribe. Give us a rating. Give us a review, spread the black and gold gospel, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as always. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.